1: Welcome back to the Locked On Marlins Podcast, your only daily podcast on all things Miami Marlins. Today we're going to be talking about the beginning of free agency. There is no other way to go today because there is a lot to be discussed, a lot to look forward to, and a lot of decisions to be made. The Marlins already made a few of them. I would say the most surprising being the declining of the option of Brandon Kinsler for 2021, which I'll get into. Also, Drew Steckenrider Alex Free Agency. So a few interesting things unfolding kind of low-key in the past few days. I would say the Kinsler move, it, it makes sense in hindsight, right? Because we're starting to see simultaneously how bad the market is for baseball. And I think one of the most telling was the decline of Mitch Moreland's option. That was surprising to me because Mitch Moreland with the Padres had a $3 million option for this year or this coming year and was just traded for where the Padres gave up two solid prospects. Like Hudson Potts was a former first-round pick. Jason Rosario is a prospect that I'm pretty high on. Neither are top 100s, but both were solidified in that Padres top 30. They traded for him to ultimately only get 72. Appearances out of Mitch Moreland, who has always been productive as a left handed hitting bat at first base. I know the Padres are crowded at first, regardless. To decline that option for three million dollars on Moreland makes it somewhat understandable that the Marlins would decline a four million dollar option on Kinsler. I know the Marlins are still contemplating bringing Kinsler back, which of course makes sense if you can get him for cheaper. And when you look at the market now and the way things could potentially unfold, it makes sense to decline Kinsler in the respect that. Liam Hendricks or Brad Hand or some of these other guys might not be too much more expensive than $4 million for next year and beyond. So if you can get one of those harder-throwing, higher-leverage guys, you'd probably do that over Brandon Kinsler. while in the meantime, if you're trying to sign those and let's say you can't get Hendricks, trying to go somewhere else, then you circle back to Kinsler, assuming nobody picks him up. It makes sense. Why pigeonhole yourself to $4 million with him When you have a chance to maybe go get something better, worst case scenario, you fall back to Kinsler and probably sign him for less. So that decision makes sense in hindsight. It's just surprising to see how, surprisingly unsurprising in a way, because we knew the financials were gonna be a problem. It's just crazy to, to really see it all play out and it's disappointing, but it's just the nature of it and everything that's going on. So with that considered... The Marlins are in an interesting spot, right? The way I look at it is the Marlins have no choice but to do something this offseason. I'm not saying they have to go get Lindor, but I think I've said this in the past, and it's that this team caught lightning in a bottle a little bit. Yes, they've made some major improvements with the rebuild and the young talent, but they also benefited from a short season, and they were a great story regardless, but they made the playoffs, they won a series, and now they've got some momentum. They've got people's attention. And they can't come back next year and flop. Because at that point, I don't know if the fan base or you know the toe-in-the-line fans that kind of got back involved at the end there of last season, you're not going to bring fans back in if you prove everybody right by showing that last year was a fluke. I don't think that this past season was a fluke. I think that it was – a byproduct of a few different things, right? They were improving. They had a bunch of young talent starting to make its way through some veterans that made major steps. And then the shortened season played in their, in their favor. And then on top of that, just uh, incredible performances and some gutsy wins and this and that, which w- we all know. But the thing is not many people are going to look at it that way. It's like, okay, the Marlins are getting better. So I'm going to start paying attention. And then you start paying attention next year. If they flop, You're going to lose people again. They're just going to say, oh, everybody was right. It was just uh, because of the weird season. So you got to do something. The pressure is definitely on because you want to keep this momentum going as an organization. They're pushing the whole, are you paying attention? This is the best story in sports, that whole thing, which I I don't blame them for for pushing that. you got to do that. But if you're going to do that, you better keep it going. So I'm not saying go get Lindor, but they need to go do something. And that's where I'll segue into what that something may be. I've seen a lot of people clamoring for James McCann, which I think would be option number one for this team. Because you go get a catcher, you don't have to give up assets by trading for a Salvi Perez or a Christian Vasquez. Best scenario would be going to sign James McCann to a two-year deal and going from there. I think it would be relatively reasonable. I think he would be very helpful to this team. And he does a little bit of everything, having another veteran presence, a guy that is solid offensively, was good throwing out runners last year, frames well, he's a well-rounded catcher, still you know, not too old where you don't really expect him to regress or anything like that. I think that he should be a great pickup for the Marlins, and that would be one of the prime options. But I definitely believe there's going to be a market for him. So we'll see how much that drives the price up because the market in general is so wonky. Another guy, and I'm kind of doing it by tiers, so this is somewhat in order, Michael Brantley. But Brantley is a more unique situation. I, I, Brantley's probably one of the most professional hitters in the game where you just can count on him to give you a quality at bat. And we talk about Corey Dickerson as a professional hitter. He pales in comparison to Michael Brantley. At Brantley's peak, he was more athletic. He was stealing 20 bags, and he was moving around a little bit better. But he doesn't even need to do that. He's aged well as long as he's healthy. That he is just a pure hitter, drives the ball to all fields, can run into still 15, 20 home runs, gives you good at-bats, walks, gets on base. I I love Michael Brantley as a ball player, and I've always liked Michael Brantley as just a well-rounded, consistent player. More so of what we thought Corey Dickerson might be, I think Brantley is a better version of that with a little bit less power. I am fine with giving up that power for more consistency at the plate. The thing is Brantley and Dickerson are a tad redundant, not in the respect that they are the same player, but if you're going to go get a left-handed hitting outfielder, uh, that's more of a stopgap for a year or two you're not going to pay him while you're already paying Corey Dickerson. So the only way I see the Marlins going to get Brantley is if they part ways with Dickerson, because Dickerson's going to be more expensive than Brantley, or at least right around the same amount of money. I don't think that Brantley would be much more than $8-9 nine million per year, and that's what Dickerson's at right now. I might be wrong. The contracts are really tough to predict right now, but regardless, I'm much rather have even though he's a little bit older I'd much rather have Brantley because we're, we're being honest here this is a stop gap the Marlins have so many outfielders that they're hoping will make an impact in the next two years that Dickerson's not going to get extended after next year so Brantley you give him two years I think that's incredibly helpful and would be a great option for the Marlins and an improvement so if you could somehow Swap those contracts out where you can unload Dickerson's deal. But I don't know who would want that deal, given the state of baseball right now, who would want the $9 million to Dickerson. And that's probably going to be somewhat of the problem for the Marlins. And I don't think that they're going to want to attach a prospect to Dickerson and sell low on him because I know that he comes back next year and has a much better year offensively. I don't think there's any doubting that. He will definitely be more like Corey Dickerson next year, but I would rather have Michael Brantley. So I think that's more of a long shot. But you never know with the way this team is. On the starting pitcher front, that's where things are a lot more fun for me because I think that the Marlins should go after a veteran starter. And it's weird because I also talk about how the Marlins are so crowded with their starting pitching and young starting pitching, but they need a veteran that is consistent, that you know will give you quality starts, and that maybe could be a high ceiling guy that you're buying low on. I think that you naturally think of Charlie Morton, who I will get into why he has some specific ties to potentially playing with the Marlins. Corey Kluber. Could be a very interesting buy-low candidate. We know how good Kluber was. I mean, he was having maybe a stretch of four or five Hall of Fame seasons. I'm not saying he's a Hall of Famer, but he had four or five Hall of Fame caliber seasons in a row. And then James Paxton is another candidate where I think people will kind of scoff at the idea of James Paxton because of what he did in New York. And if somebody is bad in New York, you're obviously going to hear about it a lot, a lot more. Just that's the nature of the beast out there, as we see with Giancarlo Stanton. He's one week, he's the best player in the world. The next week, he is the worst player in the world. And that's just how New York is. So I think Paxton is also far from done. He's 32 years old, was dealing with some forearm issues where you hope that typically correlates with elbow issues. So you hope that Paxton's okay. He didn't get Tommy John or anything like that. But he was fantastic before this season. And I know he ran into a wall in the second half of last year, but that's kind of when the arm issues came about. But when the Yankees traded for him, he was one of the best left-handed pitchers in baseball at the time, just in terms of what he was putting up and how many consecutive shutout innings he had that streak going. He is great. And if you can get him for a low cost and a high reward option at 32 years old, a left-handed pitcher, that if he's healthy, we know how good he can be. And the Marlins could use a veteran left-hander. But I would say that that might be a little bit more of a long shot. I think Charlie Morton is the most likely scenario for the Marlins. And this is why. Morton is clearly a one-year candidate, so the Marlins don't have to worry about giving an extra year. I would assume that Paxton would be looking for two. Kluber would probably only want one as well. Jose Quintana would definitely want two years, potentially another left-handed pitcher that would come a little bit more expensive than Paxton. But Morton has said himself, he's 37 years old, he looked really good coming back from injury. He had some mixed starts here and there when he came back. But overall, he's still Charlie Morton. And I I liked what I saw down the stretch. I think that if he has a full offseason to get healthy, he can give the Marlins a really good year next year and balance out a rotation that needs some veteran presence in it because of the volatility of how Sixto can be hot and cold. Pablo Lopez is almost that veteran presence the Marlins need at this point. But I mean, if you replace Jose Urania with Charlie Morton, that is a mega upgrade, and I think that would be a nice pairing in the rotation with Sandy Alcantara, and then maybe you even it out with the lefty and Trevor Rogers and maybe Braxton Garrett. But that's of course you're going to be pretty overfilled when it looks at I don't even know if that's a word, but you're going to be pretty full when you look at the rotation in that regard. But at the same time. I think the Marlins could really use just a veteran, consistent arm if they're trying to make things work. And if you're going to keep Jose Urania, at that point, you might as well just dump Jose Urania and replace him with Morton. And that makes way more sense than maybe trade Eliezer Hernandez or one of those other guys in a package for something else because Morton is an upgrade over Hernandez too. I think the Marlins should sell high on Eliezer, who I do like to a degree, but I don't know if he's as good as he is pitched in the the peak of last year, I don't know if he's that kind of guy. He's solid. It's a solid back-end guy, but I think Morton would be better next year regardless in a one-year stop. Of course, you have Hernandez controllable for years to come, but if you're looking about winning next year and trying to compete next year, you trade Eliezer in a package for another position you'd like, and then you go and plug Morton in there, that can make some sense. I just think that the Marlins need to have a little bit more of a veteran presence. Maybe they don't go the starter route at all, and they hold on to Eliezer, which that's okay too. But then you're going to have to go get multiple relievers. I'm going to need you to go get Liam Hendricks or Brad Hand or Blake Trinan, two of those, or one of those guys, and then one of Calame, Yates, and Holland. A reminder that this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar has 18 delicious flavors. They're low in calories, high in protein, low in carbs, low in fat, and they taste great. They're covered in chocolate, easy to chew. And if you go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order and a free cooler while supplies last. That's builtbar.com, promo code locked on. So, to wrap up here with some of the free agent options for the Marlins, I glanced over Jose Quintana. I think he's an interesting option for the fish as well. And I know that some of these pitchers aren't the sexiest options in the world, but I think when you look at it, you gotta find a balance between because they're all somewhat middling or just middling to good. And that's where you don't want to be tied up to multiple years to some of these guys, especially I would be more willing to give Quintana multiple years, even though he has shown a little bit of a regression. His year this year was lost. He was not great in 2019. He was very hot and cold. He was great in 2018 and 2017 when the Cubs first acquired him. I just don't know about his command. He tends to walk way too many batters. Still, if you could get him on a two-year deal for something reasonable – that would not be a horrible option because there's something worth noting for the Marlins and it's the fact that the Marlins are going to be in one of the better financial situations I believe and I could be wrong but this is just speculation than some of the other teams in baseball for in comparison to small market right you're generally how you're generally situated financially compared to where you are now with covid and everything going on the Marlins are one of the few teams that gets bailed out by something which is the new tv deal they were currently bringing in around $18 million annually with their TV deal. Now the projection is they'll be around $50 million. You're more than doubling it. And that's something that guys has to come so huge to the Marlins right now because every team in baseball is hurting. Right, Every team in baseball took a loss this year, and now the Marlins are going to get this massive, massive jump in revenue from the new TV deal. Then they can now sell naming rights to the stadium. They cut ties with a couple players and Mike Hill saves them a couple million. I think the Marlins are positioning themselves to make some moves because you got to feel like eventually things are going to go back to normal, right? It's like buying Apple stock. And I'm not saying the Marlins are Apple stock, but when the market's at the bottom and you buy Apple stock, you're just betting on America at that point. You're just betting that the world isn't going to come to an end because if there's, if Apple stock is not doing well, then there's bigger problems in the world if Apple's just bottomed out for a couple of years. That means that the world is in bigger trouble than your stock portfolio. And I think with the Marlins, it, you have to look at it that way. It's like, let's backload maybe a contract here or there where we're committing to a few years of paying some money. That would be like a Lindor situation where maybe you're not paying as much in the first year or two, but you give them five, six years and you backload it pretty heavy and say, Look, down the line, we're hoping to be able to afford this as long as baseball isn't still in a point where no fans can go and the financials aren't still wonky in three years, then we should be able to pay it. We should be okay. I think that's the thing is you're seeing teams a little bit nervous about spending this upcoming season because they don't want to take a huge loss. But the Marlins have that hedged a little bit with the fact that they are going to have more than double in television revenue and other areas to make money like naming rights. And they've cut costs in some other ways as well. So with the Marlins... I think you got to look at it that way, almost like you are betting on the fact that baseball will not absolutely just fall apart in the next couple of years, because if you backload that contract and baseball goes back to normal in a few years, the Marlins were planning on making a splash at some point anyways. And now they might be in a position to do so. Just backload it and bet that we won't be living in a covid world beyond 2021 or at least a world where covid does not allow more than 20 percent fan capacity in games, that would be the bet. And honestly, if I'm an owner, you almost have no choice but to bet on that. The fact that we will have fans back in the seats by you know, 2022 or hopefully 2021 to a normal degree. That's what you got to bet on. And I think at that point, you got to make a move and you got to take a chance. And this ownership has showed that they're willing to do so. They're willing to take some chances. But this is where you legitimately like put the money where your mouth is and let's see if they do it. I'm not saying you have to go spend big on door, but I'm saying you got to go do something, even if it's a McCann and a Hendricks or a Brad Hand and Trinan along with McCann or Brantley, something, because you cannot be just hoping that next year is going to go the way it did this year without addressing some of the obvious holes the team has. I think it's quite obvious. If I had to pick one spot, I'm almost positive that the team will address the bullpen. I'd be shocked if they didn't. And when I mean address the bullpen, obviously they're going to sign some relievers, but I don't think they're going to settle for David Phelps and call it a day. Like I think they're going to go after Liam Hendricks, Blake Trinan, or Brad Hand, or even Like They are going to go after those guys, and I think they should go get multiple. It's the time to go get relievers. The market isn't great for them. And another thing worth noting is with Florida not having me income tax that some of the other states have, with baseball right now, if contracts are getting nickel and dimes for players, that could be something that sets Florida apart as a destination. We hear it a lot with the Heat, but that could be something that helps the Marlins as well. Because if you're already losing 10, 20, 30% off your contract, every 6, 7, 8% matters to you. And with some states, it's even more than that. So I'll, that could be another thing that works in the Marlins' favor. So with Morton, I don't even know if I got into it, I forgot to mention it. Morton had said, that if he does not stick in Tampa, that his ties to Florida, he lives here, this is where he's stationed, that he would consider retiring. He doesn't want to be away from his family. He's 37, and he's at that point in his life. So it looks like the Rays might not be willing to pay him. That might seem like it's a perfect opportunity for the Marlins to take advantage of that, where say, okay, you want to stay in Florida or else you're going to retire. Well, why don't you come to Miami? for a little bit of a discount but we'll bring you in here and you'll get to be close to your family and pitch out one more season or still earn some money to go out and feel comfortable and i think that would be a great opportunity for the marlins to capitalize on a unique situation where morton is kind of saying florida or bust for me unless it's somewhere really darn close as well that makes me think that the marlins Might look at that and say, hey, we might be able to get Morton for a little bit cheaper on a one-year deal. Let's go do it. If you can get Morton for the Marlins, there's no reason not to because it would just solidify that rotation and make the Marlins basically be able to just plug in for Urania and put a quality, quality starting pitcher there who would be a great guy to anchor the staff. He's a good, good person. You know that. You've heard so many good things about him, but also a unique pitcher that has gotten better in his later years which means he definitely knows a ton that goes into getting the most out of your stuff and just imagine the effect that he could have on Sixto and some of the other young pitchers so Morton is one of my favorite candidates of course McCann Brantley as well but there's going to be a lot going on and I will be all over free agency moving forward this is a little primer for it so be sure if you have any questions fire them at me at on Twitter. At Locked On Marlins, or even at Locked On MLB Prospects, because I'll be doing a lot of free agency coverage over there as well. Thank you for listening. As always, I hope you enjoyed the episode, and I look forward to talking Marlins baseball with you tomorrow.
0: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.